When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's everything you might have missed in She-Hulk Episode 4. Welcome back, you Marvel maniacs, to our weekly breakdown of She-Hulk. Episode 4, titled Is This Not Real Magic, introduced us to mediocre magicians, the world's greatest character witness, and plenty of Easter eggs to boot. Oh my god, even the lawyer's a magician. We're going to break it all down for you in just a moment, but to do so, we have to spoil what happens in She-Hulk Episode 4. If you haven't seen it yet, grab a snack and go catch up on your stories already. Wongers, can we get Froyo? No. We can talk about The Sopranos. Fine, no more spoilers. Ugh, whatever. I was over it after the kill. Anyway. What? I mean, Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Now, despite ardent hopes that She-Hulk would be introducing us to the MCU's new Ghost Rider, the magician at the heart of this episode is named Donnie Blaze. This piss-poor prestidigitator's name is a riff on Danny Ketch and Johnny Blaze, the names of two men who donned the mantle of Ghost Rider in the comics. This comertage dropout uses a stolen sling ring to spice up his failing magic show, but not even that conchu necklace he wears can let him move heaven and earth to make his show better. In the auditorium, you can spot some interesting details. There's a golden lyre on the wall, which probably would have come in handy during Madison's impending journey to hell like it did for Orpheus. There's also a vintage poster on the wall for Heller's Wonder Coterie. This was a show by the English magician Robert Hellers, who was active during the mid-1800s. And coincidentally, for this episode, it features a man dressed like Satan, holding a giant egg from which, like, a turkey and flags of the world are erupting for some reason. You know, because magic. Given that Donnie's untrained in the mystic arts, he accidentally banishes the drunken audience member Madison with two N's and one Y But it's not where you think To a strange realm that initially made me think of Latveria because I saw scroll heads on spikes At least that's what I thought they were, they looked like what we see in Secret Invasion Black Panther Now as it turns out, it's a realm that was invaded by goblins Ew It's unclear what kind of goblins they are, but they do canonically exist in the Marvel Universe. They're most often associated with Thor and other mystical denizens of the Ten Realms. But given that Madison mentions falling into a fireland later on in court, this could be Muspelheim or just straight up hell itself. But it's not where you think. Madison eventually winds up falling through another portal into Wong's Comertage bachelor pad where he's busy watching The Sopranos. Specifically, Wong is watching Long Term Parking, a pivotal episode in season five, that she immediately spoils for him. This is the one where they... It was so sad. You just ruined it. She also spoils another Sopranos plot point later on, which was literally the episode I was about to watch, and it is my first time watching it. So I've never felt closer to Wong in my life. And yes, I know, it's a 20-year-old television show, but it's new to me. No wonder Wong threatened legal action. I would. Why are you crying? He's gonna be fine. Madison asks Wong if he's the Goblin King, which is a name shared by a Spider-Man villain. And she mentions that a talking goat helped her escape a lava pit in exchange for six drops of her blood. Now immediately this calls to mind Black Phillip from the Vavitch. It also calls to mind another Marvel villain who appeared as a goat in the 2007 movie, Ghost Rider. Yes, folks, that's right, I'm talking about 
Mephisto. I know. Shut up. Deep down, I'm really hoping this is just the writers messing with diehard Ghost Rider fans, because this goat is about as close to being Mephisto as Agnes's husband Ralph is. Ralph, 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 my husband, Ralph, Boner? We then get another fun fourth wall break where Jen talks about just how much the fandom loves to see Wong pop up literally everywhere. God, everybody loves Wong. It's like giving the show Twitter armor for a week. On Jen's to-do list at the office are a number of fun Easter eggs. We have a callback to episode one where Jen and Bruce ate Cheetos with chopsticks. There's also a note to research precedents on likeness IP from Ms. Pete and to draft a cease and desist for the Pete v. Runa case. Now the Pete in question here is Megan Pete, the real name of Megan the Stallion who joined the MCU last week. Ah. There's also notes about a discovery request for Kraft v. Soul, referencing She-Hulk writers David Anthony Kraft and Charles Soule. There's also compiled depositions for Lee v. Byrne, referencing She-Hulk co-creator Stan Lee and writer John Byrne. Now, this week's B story finds Jen looking for love in all the wrong places, specifically on Matcher, the show's Tinder parallel. In the app, we can see a QR code leading to another free She-Hulk comic. This week, it's 1986's West Coast Avengers Annual Number 4, a story titled Gather Now, Ye Seven Brides. In this particular story, the deviant Gar kidnaps seven powerful women, including She-Hulk, to take as his wives. And this has echoes of Blonsky and his seven soulmates who we met in last week's episode. Love you! Now, the original issue also featured a story called Rate the Hunks, where She-Hulk and Wasp rated the men of the Avengers on a scale from 1 to 10. And that fits in with the larger dating scheme of this episode, but that seems to be omitted from the free issue on Marvel.com. So, who knows what's going on, but rate those hunks in the comments below. Anyway, Wong arrives to enlist Jen's help because he wants to establish a precedent that unlicensed people can't practice the mystic arts. Kind of like Mordo's plan, but with less murder involved. He wants to throw the book at Donnie, specifically... Book of Ashanti. No, the Book of American... Uh, loss. They find Donnie at the Mystic Castle, a riff on the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. The Magic Castle is a members-only performance venue in Los Angeles for magicians, which is also the headquarters of the Academy of Magical Arts. Now, if you're ever in LA and can get a reservation, I highly recommend going, just don't get quite as drunk as Madison did. Then I kind of like browned out and now I'm here. Okay, yep. In the office here is a poster for Harry Keller, a famous American magician active around the late 1800s. We also see signs for Harry Houdini, and over the desk is a faux vintage poster for Cornelius P. Willows, Donnie Blaze's resident hype man. Are you just like hype manning him? Maybe. The judge presiding over the case is named Judge Hannah, which may be a subtle nod to Marvel Comics artist Scott Hannah, who's drawn She-Hulk in the past, among many other Marvel icons. Now, despite Wong's protest, Jen calls in Madison as a witness straight from about to bust out her high school dance routine into the courtroom. Lawyers! <sighs> when things start to go off the rails, Wong invokes Guan Yin, the bodhisattva of compassion in Chinese Buddhism. But unfortunately for Donnie, Wong's compassion only extends so far. He wants to send Donnie to the mirror dimension, the parallel universe, where sorcerers train to fight in Doctor Strange. Madison mentions that she made a pact with a literal demon who promised to reap her soul and the souls of all she loves if she violates said pact. So who knows? Maybe it was Mephisto after all? Which honestly is so dramatic, and I hate drama. But speaking of reaping souls, Wong makes an impassioned speech to the judge. He says one man in the mortal realm has the ability to cause a ripple so great it reverberates through every dimension. And that ripple through galaxies has the ability to destroy all life within the known and unknown universe. 
universes. Now I know that sounds dramatic, but that's basically what Thanos did and what Kang the Conqueror is poised to do in the Marvel multiverse. This is wild. Once again, we see that Jen's lock screen on her phone is America's ass, and there are plenty of other Easter eggs, not Aster eggs, in Jen's matches when she makes an account as She-Hulk. Many of her prospective suitors are folks that worked on the show. Scott is Scott McFate, the visual effects associate producer. Grant is Grant Ng, the virtual production TD for Imaginarium Studios. Nick is Nick Hayes, an Atlanta-based DJ who worked on VFX for this show. Truck is Truck Torrance, better known as the artist 100% Soft, who makes all the adorable emojis for Marvel Studios shows. And Alan is Alan Tacher, a Mexican television host best known for Univision's morning show Despierta America. Now, the first person that Jen goes out with is former professional wrestler David Otunga. Another guy mentions that he's a big fan and calls Jen incredible, which leads to a nice meta joke about the Incredible Hulk. He also calls her a specimen and wonders if vibranium could pierce her skin. It feels honestly kind of weird and creepy in the context of the wrecking crew attacking Jen last week and trying to steal her blood. Now, it's doubtful that this doofus is working for that same mysterious figure who hired the wrecking crew, but it's an interesting through line nonetheless. Later on during Donnie's show, he tries another more dangerous spell, but the dove that he summons quickly gives way to a horde of demonic mole-like creatures that invade the auditorium. Wong's quiet night in watching This Is Us is interrupted by Donnie, who needs the Sorcerer Supreme to clean up his mess. Jen's hot date then gets interrupted to beat the crap out of some demons. And while she fought demons in 1980's The Savage She-Hulk No. 7, these wombats out of hell are decidedly different. On the wall off to the side, you can spot another poster for the magician Charles Joseph Carter, which features him riding on a camel with Satan right behind him. You sensing a pattern here? What was going on with all these magicians? Anyway, well done production designers. Other posters include famous magicians like Alexander Herman, Howard Thurston, and of course, your boy, Houdini. But the real magic happens back at Jen's apartment later on when she finally gets back to her date. Unfortunately, though, her date gets super weird about things the next morning, wanting nothing to do with Jen, just She-Hulk. Whatever, hot doctor's a cliche anyway. The news also reports that Titania was cleared of all charges after attacking the courtroom in episode one. And to make matters even worse, Jen gets served by Titania Worldwide LLC, who have trademarked the name She-Hulk. And this is actually a reference to She-Hulk's somewhat cynical origins. She-Hulk was created back in 1977 during the height of popularity of the Incredible Hulk TV show. Now, the show's producer, Kenneth Johnson, successfully spun off the bionic woman from the $6 million man. And the folks at Marvel were worried the Incredible Hulk might introduce a female version before they could. In order to protect the property and ensure they own the rights to this character, Stanley and John Buscema created She-Hulk. And the rest, as they say, is history. And if you want to learn more about said history, check out Rosie Knight's excellent article on Nerdist.com. The credits have been updated to feature scenes of Madison signing Jake the Demon Goat's contract, Jen cleaning off Demon Goo in the bathroom, and Wong finally trapping Donnie in the Mirror Dimension. During the post credit scene, we do get a fun tag, just as Jen promised. We get Madison and Wong hanging out and watching This Is Us and yakking about cocktails. Yeah. I'd love to try some yak milk. Yeah. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything we spotted in this week's She-Hulk. Fingers crossed we'll get even more Madison in the future. Case closed. Okay, no. This case is far from closed. In the meantime, though, tell us, what did you think of this episode? Did you spot anything that we missed? But it's not where you think. Let us know in the comments below. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com. 